now being recorded. There we how, go. How dare you record me without my consent? <laughs> And I don't like the eyes she's giving me, dude. Don't like the eyes. They're creepy. What's up, Joey? Do you like pie? <laughs> How about strudel? You want some of the rock strudel? <laughs> <laughs> It's always hard to get girls in a cage. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first edition of Projangers and Wallhangers for the year 2017. My name is Jim Leahy. I am Chris Bristow. And welcome. Hope everybody had a, some great holidays and a nice new year, and let's get started. All right, to, to, to start off the, uh, the sports rendition, uh, our beloved Eagles, God bless them. Yeah, at least they beat Dallas. I'm happy for that. They have more wins in 2017 than the Cowboys do. I'm happy for that. Let's put it that way. Well, happy, happy is an understatement. I like to see anything negative about the Cowboys, and the fact that they lost to Green Bay is amazing. However, the Eagles have a long off season ahead of them, and I like to see what moves they're going to make. So, what what did you think of that Packers game? That was that was amazing. Oh, that was great. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback playing football right now. There's no question about it. He can put the team on his back at any time. You know, they've won, what, nine straight games up to this point? He's only thrown yeah. one interception. <laughs> and, the, and, yeah. he, and he did it without his number one receiver. Yeah, I know. That was amazing, like, just watching that catch at the end. Uh, that How does he do it? But then again, he's Aaron, he's Aaron freaking Rodgers. Yeah, it, it was. he throws the ball with such ease. It doesn't matter what direction he's going, he can make the ball go in that total opposite direction of the way that he's moving. It's it's uncanny. It really is. Like that pass that he threw, he was moving to his left, which is so difficult for a quarterback to do as it is when you're right-handed, and then threw it on a line straight down the out-of-bounds line right to Jared Cook. I mean, that that's almost impossible. And it was only a flick of the wrist, too. He barely uses his arm. It's just wrist. And, and kudos to Jared Cook for being, you know, having that sense to drag his feet the way he did. Because if it was any other, if it was any other catch the way he did it, it wouldn't have went through. It's like that, the game would have been over. Oh uh, yeah, like he he's he's a veteran. He's been around for a long time. Played for the Rams. Played for the Titans for a little bit. He uh he knows how to play the game of football. He knew what was you know, expected of him at that point. And he knew he was the only guy that could make that play. And he drug his feet in, and it was a phenomenal play. I was, And there was three seconds left on the clock, too. So if he would have waited any longer to throw that ball, the game would have been over and it wouldn't have mattered. Right. So, so to have that, the wherewithal to be able to complete that pass, number one. Number two, to put it right where only his guy could get it. And right on the sideline so he could get out of bounds. 
I mean, that's the trifecta right there. That's what you look for from a quarterback. I don't know how you could bet against him right now. Yeah, originally I was going to say, you know, Steelers and and New England, but now uh, that's tough. Aaron Rodgers is hard to go against. Yes, and I I like the Falcons. I like what they've done this year. They look like as close to a complete team as they've been in a long time. But I just I really don't know if you can go against the Packers right now the way they're playing. It's it's almost like it's not just the offense either. The defense makes plays when they have to at opportune times, and they really turned it around against the Eagles. That was the first game that they actually had a good defensive game, and then they just took that and ran with it the last you know few games of the season, and then into the playoffs. Like they are the hottest team on the planet right now. So, as much as I want to root for, you know, uh, Matt Ryan, you know, being that he's from Exton, he went to Boston College, but he is is from Exton. Yeah, went to Penn Charter. What's that? He went to Penn Charter High School. Yeah. So he's local. Now, I, I just can't bet. After watching that game, I just can't bet against Aaron Rodgers. No, it's it's very hard to even though they're they're playing in Atlanta and the Falcons are playing at a at a great a great rate too. I mean their their defense they were suspect for a little while, but they have become very opportunistic and you know they they take what the offense gives them and they they're able to keep the the team in games and give the offense a chance to score their points and that that's really all you need to do. I mean they say defense wins championships and you don't have to have all the stats in the world. You just have to be able to perform when it comes down to it. And that's what they've been doing. So, honestly, both of the championship games this weekend are going to be off the hook, for lack of a better term. Like, they're going to be good games. And the Steelers, Patriots, you know, nobody really thought that that's what the Steelers were going to be. They didn't think they were that good. And they, they proved a lot of people wrong. And they have guys playing well at the right time. And New England is, is as good as Tom Brady allows them to be. So that that that's another really good matchup. I'm excited to see this. This it's going to be a fun weekend for football. I'm excited. What is uh, what does your brother think? Oh, he thinks the Steelers are going to win it all. You know, he thinks he thinks the Steelers are going to win it all. He thinks it's going to be a rough game, and he's a little scared to watch it. But he still believes that the Steelers are going to win, just like I believe the Eagles are always going to win, even if they're. You know, 20-point underdogs, I still have faith that they could do it. But Steelers actually do have a shot. It all depends on how, you know, their their defense plays. Because their offense can score points, just like the Patriots do. It's going to come down to whoever the better defense is on that day. Honestly, it might be the Steelers. If you, if you had told me I had to pick between one of those defenses right now, I might pick the Steelers. Because they have young guys playing at a high level. They have some veterans on that team that are playing at a high level. So that might be another team that's tough to bet against. Okay, so what did you think of Andy Reid's Chiefs performance? Did it remind mm-hmm. you? Did it remind you of the Eagles, or did it was it was it like? Because it seemed like it just to me it seemed like Eagles 2.0 mm-hmm. when he was it was just an error. He gets the he gets to a crest, he plateaus, and then all of a sudden there's this proverbial wall that he is just 
has that stigma with. Andy Reid is a good coach. He's always been a great coach. Borderline elite. I don't know if you can actually be elite until you win a Super Bowl, but if you look at his win-loss record with the Eagles and the Chiefs, it's there, there aren't many teams and many coaches that can you know compare to. But well, at the same time, eleven and twelve right now. So you know, just this past loss is this twelfth loss in the playoffs, in the right? Entire, in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there were really good coaches that had bad playoff records. Look at Marv Levy. I mean, he got them to the Super Bowl how many times, and they lost every one of them. So, I mean, Andy Reid, like I said, he's a good coach, but he still has the same flaws. He does not adjust correctly. He makes really good adjustments, you know, coming off of bye weeks, leading up to games, things like that. In the moment, though, he struggles, and that has always been his downfall. And it's it's a shame because I, I – was I was rooting for them. I was rooting for the Chiefs because I wanted to see Andy get a Super Bowl. But, you know, it came down to time management again, and he's up to his old ways, and he's never going to win anything unless he actually delegates something like that because he doesn't have – he doesn't have it. Whatever it is that you need to have that internal game clock in you, he doesn't have it. He doesn't get the situations. As far as scheming, he's great. He knows the tendencies of teams. He knows how to exploit them. But when it comes down to time management, that's where he gets hurt constantly. And he's never he's never going to change at this point. He's he's kind of set in his ways. So who's to say he's ever going to yeah, win a Super Bowl? Well, this is this is very true. But it just it, it just seemed like this time it was more. You know, he's like I think he just got it himself in his own head. It looked like because you saw him going back and forth and. And arguing back and forth with his, you know, with his staff, and you could see him it, when he was selecting plays, when he was getting pushed to that limit, that he was just shuffling over himself. He didn't know he, he couldn't he couldn't get, grasp the concept that that he needed to push you know push the boundary. No, he he doesn't, and for whatever reason, he did that, and. You know, it, it eventually lost his team the game. You know, a lot of coaches will take the, the blame, and he's the first one to say, I take full responsibility, got to do a better job, all those cliches. But, I mean, it's the truth. You know, you're not just saying that. People actually believe that you are the problem, and you're the only one that doesn't see it. So, I mean, that's that's where he's at as far as being a coach. He's not good enough to get a team over the hump. He doesn't have that. Think about when he took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. They had a stacked team, offense and defense. They were so good that they were able to blow through the playoffs without T.O. So, I mean, they just had a really, really good team. I don't think Alex Smith is on the same level as Don Evan McNabb at quarterback. I don't think they really have, you know, a guy that can – do the crazy things that Donovan used to do. And Alex Smith is good. Don't get me wrong. He's finally starting to play like a number one overall pick. You know, he's he, he takes care of the ball. But if you're not going to put your guys in the right position, it doesn't matter how good of players you have, they're not going to succeed. Yeah, well, he, 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 showed, he showed that he can throw the ball. But he was – when he's under duress, he can't – he can't get – he's another one. He can't get over that 
that uh, he again he's in his own head. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. I do. And like I said, he's he's a former number one overall pick. He came out in the same draft as Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was drafted, you know, 12, 13 spots lower than him, maybe more. I forget the exact number where he was drafted, but it was late in the first round. So, I mean, it's the draft is a luck of the draw. And, you know, even the year that McNabb came out, you had Tim Couch and Achilles Smith and Kate McNown, and we ended up with the best of the bunch. So, you know, Thank as far you. as pl- – yeah, luck, yeah. But as, as far as players go, I mean – Alex Smith, at this point, should be able to win games on his own. You know, he should be able to go out there and direct his team to a victory. And he just doesn't have that. And you pair him with a coach like Andy Reid, yeah, they're going to be great in the regular season because that doesn't really matter. What matters is getting to the playoffs and then what you do when you get there. And Andy's proved he's, at this point, he's below average. He's not even 500 anymore. He's below average. So... You know, the proof is in the pudding. You know, stats don't lie in situations like this. There's a reason why, you know, they lost. And the, the combination of Andy Reid and the lack of talent at quarterback and stuff like that, it's it, it gets to be too glaring when you go against teams that have been there before, like the Steelers. You know, Ben Roethlisberger's been around this game a long time and knows how to win. So that, that was just a – he, rest- he had a trial by fire when he came in. You know, it was you – know, remember, it was – Cordell Stewart, he was like doing all those fancy trick plays and 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 doing all that. And then once uh, once something happened with Stewart, then it was Roethlisberger, oh five. Well, it's Tommy Maddox. Hey, oh, Tommy, Tommy, yeah. Tommy Maddox was the quarterback that they had before Roethlisberger, and he got hurt, which is why Roethlisberger had to play. So and that that was a by fire. Yeah, I mean, they ended up winning the Super Bowl. He had the most wins of any rookie quarterback in NFL history until Dak Prescott tied it this year. Luckily, he didn't break it against the Eagles. But, you know, that that would, they were a I, special I, team. I was at that game. That was a fun game to watch. Um, yeah, I bet. I and bet it was. The first game. Yeah? Did they have fun? They had a, they had a blast. They were they were laughing because this one guy uh, behind us he was just just being outlandish, you know, you know. Like we know we're third, we know we got we're facing third strings. At least we're winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, he that, he's not lying. That's that's how you feel, especially when you play Dallas. You don't care who is wearing that uniform. You just want to beat the guys that are wearing it. But I'm glad you guys had a good time. It's a, it's it's a fun atmosphere down there. I worked down there for a while, and you know I've been to you know my fair share of games, and it's it's nothing that you can actually describe to somebody until you're there. But you can go to a Phillies game, you can go to a Sixers Flyers. You know, it's not the same as being down there for the Eagles. They sell out every game. You know, the fans are so ravenous, and it's it's just so much fun. I'm glad you got to experience well, I mean- it. You're comparing a 16-game season where half of those games are at home versus other sports where it has 82 and 162. So there will always be more opportunity to see a Phillies, a Flyers, a Sixers game. It's just the the nature of the beast. But having that visceral 
cathartic reaction for the girls. It was awesome for them. Yeah, you know, and these these sports teams, they make it a family atmosphere now. It's not just, you know, you go down there and, you know, you drink a lot of beer and you sit in a 700 level. No, they they have Swoop walking around the stadium. They have, you know, the the fan zone where you get to throw the football around and stuff like that. Like, they make it so you can take your kids down there, so you can have a good time, all of you, not just you and the wife or you and your buddies or whatever. So it's nice that all these teams have made these sports more family friendly. So it's 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 kinda cool when you get to see a kid's reaction the first time they go to a sporting event like that. So we I know we touched on Sixers, so what do you think of the Sixers and their actual Well it's it's impressive. They're doing they're doing a lot with not not a lot. You know, they have some talent in certain positions, but for the most part, there are probably a bunch of college teams out there that would, if not giving them a run for the money, would beat them. So to see them doing these things, and granted, they're not beating you know the Cavs or you know elite teams like that. They're they're beating guys that they're teams that are beatable. So they're winning the games that they're supposed to. However. Joel Embiid was talking about playoffs and this, that, and the third. That's a little premature. But at the same time, it's nice to see that these guys actually feel like they're playing for something and they're not just tanking. But, you know, in the end, if if they end up being a mediocre team, that doesn't help them as far as draft. So that that's my only concern is that they're going to hurt their draft stock and, you know, not be able to build the team the way that they actually want to. So there's a lot of, a lot of good guards coming out this year. So they, and that's definitely where they need the help. They need some some guys that are natural scorers that can shoot the ball well. Not to mention, you haven't even seen Ben Simmons yet, so you don't know what this team can actually do. Uh, I'm excited to see that change. It's good to see some uh, some hype over the Sixers now. Uh, it's refreshing knowing that you know what we used to be. You know, back in 2000 to 2004, you know, and then seeing the, I would say, the depleted returns of everything that, you know, the management did, you know, after that, uh, it's, it, it's, it's disheartening a little bit, but it's, I just want, I want the team back to the way it was when, you know, fighting for every every win and fighting for, you know, for respect, essentially. I don't even need them to go out and play for respect. I just want them, the Sixers, to be fun again, to be to actually watch a game and believe that they have a chance to win. And right now I do have that, chance, that, that thought in my head because, you know, Joel Embiid is a star in the making. Like, not just the way that he plays, but his personality, how he's able to connect with the fans. You know, he's all over social media, and, you know, he's he's hilarious. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter or Instagram or anything, but he is one of the funniest people I've ever heard. And, you know, it's serious. Like, he's, like, the whole, you know, wanting to date Rihanna thing, but he can only do that if he gets an all-star bid. And, you know, it's, 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 we haven't had a star like that, especially, on the Sixers since Iverson. 
you know, a guy that can actually go out there and be entertaining on and off the court. And I, I'm, I'm very excited for the Sixers' future. I am. I, I like to think that, you know, the next two, three years, they'll actually be contending for a legitimate playoff spot, not just one of these, you know, last seed in the East, you know, sneaks in and then they get swept the four games by the number one seed. I don't want to see that. I want to see them go in there and actually have a shot and be one of those teams that, te- that you know, the top teams are scared to play because they have that ability to beat them. And it's going to come. It comes with time. And I know it's funny because we've been waiting a long time for it to happen. But it comes with time. You know, they finally have some pieces in place and some other pieces that they might be able to move around. So it's it's going to be an interesting next few years with the Sixers as long as they stay on the right trajectory. Okay. All right. So from the Sixers to now the Flyers. Well, Wayne Simmons getting getting his first uh, All Star game. Much deserved. Much deserved. And he just got engaged I, I, over the weekend too. Congrats to him. Yes. I, he's, I think he's, it's been. I think it's been deserved for. I think it's been a long time coming, and he should have had it. You know, two, three years ago to start. Um, having this being his first time uh, it is a long time in the making. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. But he's, you know, the last few years he's been a really good player. This year he's been a great player. He's been the Flyers' best player. And I liked him. I liked the move when they got him. I thought that he had the the chance to be something because he doesn't mind banging down in front of the net. And they needed a guy like that, you know, on the front line. Because they had, you know, Prong, they had Pronger. They had a couple bigger guys that would stay down there. But, you know, Simmons not only can will stand down there and take the punishment in front of the net, but he knows how to find the net. And that's the rarity. He was able to deliver it, too. And What's that? that? That's the thing. The, he was able to deliver it as well. Yeah. So, it, you know, the last the last guy we had that was able to push out that type of punishment, I mean, you know, he went from team to team, but it was uh, Brashear. Donald Brashear. Yeah. Yeah, Donald Brashear. I mean, but he, he didn't have the scoring touch. That Simmons has. See, Simmons Simmons is the master of the Gordy Howe hat trick. And he he'll get your goal, get you the assist, and he'll also get you some penalty minutes, especially you know in a fight. And he doesn't just fight for the sake of fighting; he fights at opportune times, and he picks out the guy that he wants to go after too. So I mean, he, he's a heady player. He knows how the game's supposed to be played. He, he's a, he knows situations, and I think he's. Uh, I don't think he's at the top now, but he was one of the top scorers for power play goals. I think Shen might be up there. I think he he's number one right now. But, right. you know, that's that just goes to, you know, taking the opportunities. If, you know, teams want to give you two minutes, a man down, to see if you can score, you have to. It's not a, you know, can we? It's no, you, you have to. You must. You need to take every advantage you get. And lately they haven't been doing that. They've been on more of a downward spiral. You know, they had that 10-game winning streak, and that was amazing, and everybody loved it. And now you look at them, and they look like a lost team. And I don't know what it is, because, you know, there's nights where the goaltenders look amazing. You know, they're standing on their heads. And then there's other nights where you see um, Mason let up four goals in two-and-a-half periods, or two periods. Yeah, it's <laughs> That can't happen to good teams. So, yeah, it's... 
what do you think, May, uh, your verdict for Mason as a goaltender? Like, me, I'm, there's, there's times where he's showing shades of greatness, but it's like, you know, I think he left too many goals. I think it's Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's not even that he left too many goals. He left a lot of soft goals. Like those little five hole shots or, you know, the wraparounds. You know, that, that, that can't happen when you, when you're going to be a good goaltender, when you're going to be one of the best. And he's not. I don't, I don't know that they have the, the goaltenders to be able to make some noise in the playoffs if they even get there at this point. So, I mean, once again, we're going to be in the hunt for a goalie. I mean, we should have never let Bobrovsky go. That's just yeah, my opinion. But, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. But th- that's been the Flyers' MO ever since Hextall. They haven't been able to find, you know, a goalie that can actually take them places and they can do things with. It's it's been it's been rough. They've they've had some retreads. You know, they they brought in the Garth Snows of the world, the Bobby Boucher's. You know, they even had Van Beesbrook for a little while, but they got him, you know, five years too late. So you know, it's I think the problem with Flyers fans. Me being one of them, you know, you being one of them, we expect a lot. And by expect a lot, I mean when we see a big name out there, we want them. And if they're rumored to be coming here, we want them. And then the Flyers will will pay to over to overpay to get them, but it's always late. It's always too late when they get them. Like Mark Strait, if we would have Mark Strait in the prime of his career, we'd have a top defender. You know, they bring back Simone yeah. Gagne. They brought back Simone Gagne, and, you know, he had nothing left in the tank to play with the big boys. So it's it's tough. It, it's tough being a Flyers fan because there's years where they put so much talent on the ice and they're never able to do anything. And then there's the years like last year where nobody thought they were going to do anything, and they started making some noise in the playoffs. So it's, it's very frustrating. They're so up and down. At least with the Phillies and the Eagles and the Sixers, you know what they're going to be, you know. You see a couple games, you just can see that they're going to be, you know, a really good team or a really bad team, and you can prepare yourself for it. But the Flyers have always been a different animal because they'll win ten games and then they'll promptly lose ten games. So it's yeah. it's, it's tough. And, it's, and you you need to win as many games as you can because that that 162 game season that sneaks up on you because you know we're already at the halfway point. You know, well, 162. They 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 only play 82. Oh yeah, 100, 162 is baseball. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 82. NBA and NHL are both 82. Baseball is 162. Either way, it still sneaks up on you because you're you're cramming so many games in during the week, and then you got then you got these games that become crucial that you should have won that you end up losing. You know, either because of a soft goal or because one line didn't play hard enough or there, you know, not a lot of effort between, between, uh, you know, between players. One in the injury bug. Yeah, I mean, then you're hitting, you're also getting hit with that too. I just want, you know, I just want them to, to be able to be consistent. Yeah, consistency. I was going to say that myself. Yeah, that's all you really need. If they played consistent hockey and they were playing at the level that they were playing at when they won 10 straight, nobody would be able to beat them. The problem is they can't. They can't sustain it. I didn't need them to win 10 straight. I would have been happy if they won 8 of 10. If they win 8 out of every 10 games, they'll be, <laughs> they'll be a monster. 
nobody will be able to stop them. But they won't do that. So then you're relegated to mediocrity, which is what we've had in Philadelphia for a while now, across the board. Yeah, but we've taken that we've taken that mediocrity as like, okay, yeah, it's suitable. We'll accept we'll accept a B minus. We'll accept a C plus. You know, it's not acceptable though. That's the thing. It and then the problem is we've we've all let it become acceptable, but it's not a really acceptable thing. So until until the teams start to show us otherwise, we're just going to have to continue to deal with the mediocrity, and that's that's the end the end of it, unfortunately. That's that's the unfortunate part. Yep. All right. So on on to on to uh, recap news. Um, you know, as everyone very well knows, uh, Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia, um, hashtag my princess. You know, rest in peace. Um, you know, it's just, and then not like, and then her mother as well. That that. That had like a somber, eerie feeling to it. Just seeing one, all the outcry and everything from, from Carrie's passing, but then Debbie Reynolds as well. And, you know, I mean, I, that, that, that family must be rocked right now. Oh, I'm sure. And then, you know, who else passed away just recently? Uh, like Jimmy Superbice looking. Yeah. That's the way he, he, uh, his battle with cancer, uh, just, you know, got the better of him and he just became too weak. So, uh, thoughts and prayers for all, all the family out there. But, uh, yeah, yeah that, uh, that Kyrie Fisher thing hit me kind of hard because, you know, especially after just seeing her in Rogue One, and you're like, wow, like that's, that's great. You know, it's I'm so happy. You know, Force Awakens, you know, they, she's going to be, I think they're saying that she's going to be in the forefront of the next movie. You know, it's, that was a tough pill to swallow. And you, you could see just the, the outpouring of emotion from, you know, people that knew her, not just Star Wars people, but people all over the place. I mean, Seth MacFarlane had nothing but nice things to say about her after all the things that she did on um, Family Guy. So, I mean, it's, that, that, that was very hard. And it, was hard it was hard for a lot of people. Yeah, Lucas as well. Um, mm-hmm. That and you know, you know, right after her passing, you see, you know, I saw a clip of her of that roast that she did with George Lucas. That was freaking hysterical. Oh yeah. Laughing. Yeah, I, I watched a few interviews that she did leading up to the release of uh, Force Awakens, and just hearing how she spoke, like she spoke so candidly all the time. She always had her dog with her on set, uh, didn't matter. The dog came running up to her in the middle of one of the interviews and they didn't even cut from it. They just let her hold the dog the rest of the time. So, I mean, like, she just had that, that larger-than-life personality that you couldn't you couldn't look past it. Like, she entered a room and you knew she was there, whether you knew her as Leia or otherwise. Like, she she had a lot of, a lot of panache the way that she lived her life. And there was a lot of Stuff that I read that her and Debbie Reynolds, they were, you know, the best of friends, not just mother and daughter, and it destroyed Debbie when uh, when Carrie died. And, you know, people close to their camp knew that she wasn't going to be far behind because, I mean, that was her, that was her clone almost, you know, <laughs> no pun intended. But, um, 
Yeah, that that that, that rocked the world. Uh, yeah, I I can't uh, shake that that feeling as well because that was that was a that was a tough one to swallow. And as as far as Superfly Jimmy Snuka goes, I mean, he was one of the best to do it. Probably the one of the originators of the high flying techniques in the ring. But the type of person that he became later on in life don't necessarily agree with everything that he did. And I know that the only reason they let him go home was because he had dementia and they knew he wasn't going to last very long. Otherwise, he would have ended up dying in jail. So, I mean, it's it's kind of bittersweet. But at the same time, you still don't like to see people have to deal with, you know, the loss like that because that's hard. But what are you going to do? So while, while we're on topic here, um, Kurt Angle, Hall of Fame, you know, wrestling. He's going back yes. to WWE. It's about time. It's about time. And Hulk Hogan tweeted something uh, to the extent that, you know, he's Kurt Angle is one of the last people to do it, you know, the way that they used to do it in the old school. And I believe that, you know, it's, you see the changing of the garden, how things are nowadays, you know, <laughs> you're not going to see him wearing a, a tiny cowboy hat, you know, singing Jimmy Crack Corn at a key, you know, <laughs> you're not, you're, you're not going to see people doing that kind of stuff anymore. <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not going to see things like that anymore. You're not going to see the promos cut, you know, you're not going to hear, you know, the you sucks. You still hear them, but not to the extent that you did with him, because he was he was one of the ultimate heels. I was just talking about this with my brother. You know, he's I could definitely see him coming back for his retirement match. You know, going against like an AJ Styles or something like that. But I would really like to see him have one last you know hurrah, you know, one last run, and just have like a nice little feud with Rusev. Just you know, because he's the Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. I, I, think say, he could, I think he could help make Rusev relevant. Well, yeah, he would be able to help Rusev, but um, just have a rematch of Lesnar and, and Angle. Could do that, too, although, you know, I don't know if Angle's body could take that. He's destroyed his body over the years. I don't know if he could take it a couple F5s. But hey, he's he's going to have to have a retirement match. I'm sure they're going to bring him back in some some aspect. I could even see him. I and I said this to my brother too. There was rumors out there that um, Mick Foley might be out as a Raw GM. And oh yeah, who better to take over that spot than Kurt Angle? Because Mick Foley is one of those likable guys. You know, everybody cheers him on, rah rah rah. And you have you know the heel. In Stephanie, so they kind of play off each other. Meanwhile, you go over to SmackDown, and they have two faces in Shane and Daniel Bryan, and they're crushing Raw right now. Now, I didn't think that the most recent SmackDown was all that entertaining. I thought Raw beat it, but overall, SmackDown's beaten them. And now they brought Mickey James back. So yeah, all that that, like, that makes all it makes all of our puberties, you know, relevant again. <laughs> but you know Oh my god. But um it's I think that uh, I'm really happy that Kurt Angle got in. I know he was kinda of shunned from the 
the WWE for a while because of the things he said when he left and, you know, the lifestyle that he led. But it seems like he turned things around. He seems like a family guy. He's all about the business. And, you know, it's about time. Plus, who else are they really going to put in? They don't have too many people they can induct anymore. Big name-wise, at least. Oh, uh, no, they're, they're, they're pretty much running. They're running through the, the list now. It's like, who can we have? Who can we have? Yeah, I mean, Angle's, uh, Angle's one of the last, you know, of the Attitude Era, with the exception of, you know, like Triple H, and, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, he's he's one of the last remaining guys that you're like, you know, where's he at? Where's he at? WWE needs to bring him back. And there he is. If nothing else, he deserves the Hall of Fame, even if they don't, don't bring him back at all. But normally when these guys come back, they sign like a, a Legends contract where he makes X amount of appearances or whatever. So it would be nice to see him. I think the WWE could use him for a little while. Okay. So what about... So what do you think of this past Raw and this past SmackDown? And then let me know about your predictions for for the Royal Rumble. Like I said, I, I thought Raw was more exciting. I, I like how, you know, Brock Lesnar showing that he's a beast again, you know, doing the things that he did. I like how the end of the the end of Raw was, you know, Kevin Owens' reaction, everything's great. I, I love Kevin Owens. I think he's he's perfect. But I don't like him being paired with Jericho. I think they're kind of making Owens and the belt a little bit, you know, too comical. I think that belt needs to be a little bit more serious. But okay, I don't. Know, as far as my predictions go, I, I could see uh, I could see them giving the the Rumble to you know like a Jericho or you know a surprise at Goldberg or maybe even like a Braun Strowman if they really want to give him a push. But it's, it's it's tough to to, to decipher which brand it's going to come from and then what they're going to do because if they're going to do it like old school style, then whoever wins will get to choose which way they go, like what, what belt they want to go for, so that you can see some brand hopping. So I don't know. Okay. It's, I I can I can see either way, but so. The reveal. So I know, I know you like you, you love you girl Alexa Bliss. What yes. What did you think of the cage match last night? I thought the cage match was awesome. I did. I mean, it's 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 always hard. It's always hard to get girls in a cage. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I don't mean that in any other way whoa, other than whoa, wrestling. Slow down there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's. It's difficult because you, you never know what you're going to expect. You don't want them to be too cheesy. You don't want them to be too, you know, over the top where they end up hurting each other or something like that. And I think they did it. They did it right. They uh, they climbed up there a few times. You know, they they showed a little bit of their high flying stuff. You know, there was a couple couple hard bumps. You were like, ooh, like that one had to hurt. But I think I think they did it justice. And I I was waiting for them to show us who La Luchadora was. And I kind of had a feeling it was Mickey James because of all the rumors of her coming back, but I was glad to see it. And kind of interesting to see what they're going to do with her and how they're going to incorporate her into the uh, into the women's circuit. All right, so here's my only issue with the women's division as a whole. Okay. 
So in raw, you hear, on the raw side, you hear, you know, we're making history, we're making history. And then they use the same terminology for SmackDown. It's like, well, we're making SmackDown history. It's like, well, you know, we understand that it's, it's, this is typically not done for, you know, we understand it's typically not done for for the women's division. But why do we have to keep on saying this is history and the making for the women's division? Why can't we just let the wrestlers, men or women, be wrestlers? They're still being in that in that tight cast where they're they're relegating the women. Uh, what's up, Joey? They're relegating the women to just one, you know, this type of wrestling. If they want women to have that respect and, and that push, stop saying women's history. We all we already know that it's a defining moment. They almost have to say it um, because everything's already been done in the men's side and the women are now more relevant than they've ever been because of the talent that they have. So they're almost obligated to say this is women's history only because, you know, it's never been done before. Like you didn't see Mae Young and Moolah doing this kind of stuff. You know, they're, they're every time they go out there, they're, they're crossing boundaries that they've never crossed before. You know, you get the, the, the cage matches, the hells in the cells, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's entertaining to watch. And I, I, I don't like that they keep harping on how much is it's history, but they do need to make the mention that it is history because otherwise, you know, what's the point in going out there? You're just like all the other divas that were out there before you. You know, you never saw Sable going for stuff like that. You never saw, you know, Jacqueline, you know, in his steel cage match. So it's 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 fun. And, you know, they, they need to, to bolster it as much as they can and what better way than to continue to tell you how, how much this is historic. I understand giving it some, some historic precedent, but giving it, like, you could say it like one, two, and at the beginning of the match. So, but having to, during that, during that, what, 25, you know, 20, 20 minute match, 25 minute match, they must have said it like four or five times. Yes, they did. There are other, there are, there are other things that could have been highlighted about how, you know, they're taking, they're taking this risk, they're taking this high spot, you know, what, you know, they could have, they could have fed into more of the storyline aspect uh, about, you know, why, Becky and Alexa feuding, but no, they just went back to a crutch at that point. Once, maybe twice, I can understand, but three to five times, you're you're relying on like on this overhype factor, and you're putting it, you're putting that now as a crutch. That I, you know, thank you for letting me know for the fifth time that this is the story. Well, the the other the other problem with that is. There's no need to have four announcers on SmackDown. And that's part of the issue because you have four guys vying to get their voices heard and they run out of things to say. I mean, even, even with you and I going back and forth with our banter, we have, you know, thoughts that are similar. It's not exactly the same. And if you say it, I might say I agree or things like that. But you can't say certain things like that on wrestling because you just need to, it has to be an original thought. Like nobody else thought of this. Nobody else said this before. Like it's, it's difficult for those four guys. And not to mention they really have no chemistry, but it's sad when JBL is the best announcer that you have on brand. Yeah. 
that's all I have to say about that. But that's that. I think that's where your your issue comes into because they don't know what to say. Yeah, well, JBL's style of his announcing goes right back to his his uh, later you know later years as a character. He he right. loves to be that person. He will he will be that that like very on that one opposite you know part of the conversation or part of the opinion. Uh, of that heel character, he's still he's still in that JBL character, which makes him good in that respect. But having someone like Mario Ronaldo like come in, and he is a superb announcer in every other in every other venue, but I, I think it's a slightly a bit forced. It just yes. seems lately that it's a, it's a little bit more. Um, it, oh, I can't. A good terminology be, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful when it comes out, but it still sounds forced and it still sounds like words on it. I'm sorry. No, you're right. And that, that goes back to them not knowing what to say and not knowing how to play off of each other. I mean, you, you see when, you know, you've, you've been to these SmackDowns and these Raws. You see when the announcers come out, fans react to them. You know, JBL comes out, he gets a cheer. You know, Michael Cole comes out, he gets booed. That's all that is to be expected. But now, with all these guys on SmackDown, I mean, even as fans watching, you don't know what the dynamic is. You know, back in the day, when you had Gorilla Monsoon and Vince McMahon, you know, you knew what you were going to get. You were going to get a lot of intensity. You were going to get a lot of, you know, friendly banter, but it, it worked. You know, with Jerry Lawler, you know you were going to get the puppies. You know, with, you know... With the JR, you knew he's best at, at what he did. So you knew that's what you're going to get every night. But these guys, you don't know what you're going to get. Some nights you might get really good commentary. Other nights you might get, like you said, word vomit, where they just spout things out and hope that it sticks. And it's it's difficult to watch at times. Well, I, I don't know. You, Jim. Give me one second. Yes, you can have you got a snack, bro. I want a snack. <laughs> what the hell, man? But they've been trying to talk to me with my headphones on for like the last I don't know how long, and then all of a sudden, like I turn around at the right moment. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the joys of parenthood. Yes, it is. Um, so, I guess we can say weird and weird and you know wacky stuff is uh. This week has been quite comical at at our work. <laughs> yes, yes, it has. There's we've had we've had a special guest all week that has has provided us with a, some some comical uh, moments at times, and some freaky things, and some just downright scary things. Yes. <laughs> and this this special this special guest is known very well by Chris. I don't know her as well. But Chris knows her extremely well, and I don't like the eyes she's giving me, dude. Don't like the eyes. They're creepy. Well, I can't tell you. It was just, it was just, I was just, I laughed, and then I saw your face come up, and I saw you chuckle. Oh my God, that was 
that was just a that was a shared moment between you and me. Oh, I I, I didn't chuckle. I didn't chuckle, my friend. I flat out laughed at the top of my lungs. <laughs> that was that was more of a chortle or a guffaw. Yeah, that was uh that was very interesting. I I, I thought it was great how you <laughs> stood right behind you in line, like it was nothing. Like, oh hey, he's just some other guy. Nope, she's had to had to make her presence known. And she she's made it quite known to me throughout the week. Oh yeah. Why yeah. why I don't know. Yeah, she came to, she came in twice within ten minutes unnecessarily, and stood there. And my my work colleague pointed out that uh, at one point I I bent over and I was getting looks as I bent over from the whole gaggle of geese that were there. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I just have to laugh. I'm glad you think uh, it's funny. I'm not somebody's eye candy, Chris. You're, you are eye candy when you're on stage, so you can't say that. That's different. I'm not on stage. I'm trying to make some sandwiches. There's a difference. When I'm on stage, I'm JC, and that's a persona. When I'm at work, I'm Jim, and I'm just trying to do my job. <laughs> and I, I don't like to be ogled. This is this is not LA Fitness where you can just look at me while I'm on the elliptical. You said it yourself. You're a piece of meat. What are you talking? Well, about? yeah, I know. I know. I am. <laughs> I am. Good meat, bad meat, I might be like grade D. I don't know, but I'm still a piece of meat. The other white meat? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Well, it, funny enough, funny enough, growing up, my one friend gave me the nickname Porkchop. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That was my screen name for a little while. It was Chops for Life. My, my oh, AIM my screen name. Oh, going back to the day of AIM. AIM, A I M. For all, for all you youngins, that's AOL Instant Messenger. Hit me up on MSN Messenger. What you know about that? Oh, Hotmail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you had Hotmail, you had Before, MSN Messenger. That's right. My computer would always try to log me into it. I'm like, I don't even use this. Then one day I logged on and I had 20 friends that I didn't even know I had. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, thanks, bro. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the ad. <laughs> like Facebook. Thanks for the ad. Appreciate it. Come check me out. Oh, man. Yeah. Life. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So we're about, we're about 50 minutes in. Okay. Um, what else we got? Anything uh, anything new or exciting on your end? Well, we have the inauguration coming up in a few days. What are your What are your thoughts on the entire delegation of Philadelphia not going to the inauguration? And we are the biggest city not sending anybody. Well, that just goes with the sign of the times because the entire city of Philadelphia didn't vote for him. So, right, but this is unprecedented, man. The entire I'm, ta I'm talking every congressional delegate that we have representing our city is not going. 
And there's been other delegates that have come out and said, it does not matter who I voted for. It does not matter what I believe. What matters is that the people that I represent, some of them voted for this man, and he's going to be the next president of the United States, whether I like it or not, so I'm going. That's the type of shit I want to hear from the people that represent me. Meanwhile, I have a lot of people that are just backing off and saying, oh, nope, we're good. No thanks. Not Hashtag not my president. See, I'm I'm kind of indifferent on. I don't care who my elected official in in the delegate like or don't like. the The bottom line is they represent me, and if my state and my my city and my you know, surrounding city voted for him, you have to represent me. You yep. are my voice. So I'm with you on that one. It's okay to have – it's okay for those city officials to say that they're not going to go. It's okay that they don't want to go. It's their public – it's their civic duty because they're an elected official to go. Yes. But they, 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 can, make it known that, they can make it known that if, if I was a citizen, I would tell – I would say not go. They can make it known with their single solitary vote. After that, life sucks for a fucking helmet. Yeah, your your single vote is your single vote. However, you were voted in by the people that some of which did vote for Trump, some didn't, and some, you know, just don't vote. But you still represent the people. And for you to just totally back out of that is cowardice. It's complete cowardice, and it makes me, you know, regret ever even putting any of these people in the positions that they're in, if I assisted with that. It's it's a tough pill to swallow, and I'm not sitting here saying that Trump's going to be the, the greatest president of the United States or whatever, but I read something today that said Abraham Lincoln, when he was elected, when he was, you know, his inauguration, not one Democrat, not one person from the Democratic Party went to his inauguration because he was talking about things like abolishing slavery. And you know what? That didn't make a damn difference to him who was there for his inauguration. He still went ahead and he went with his heart and he did what he thought needed to be done and what he believed in. And now he's considered a great president. So, I mean, the jury's still out on Trump. He isn't even in there yet and people are already saying he's the worst president we've ever had. Well, that's impossible because he's not president yet. <laughs> so, people need, you want to talk about word vomit, that's all I've been reading lately, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, YouTube, every other media outlet that's out there, Fox News, CBS, NBC, everybody says the same things. Nobody's giving this man a shot. And you know what? I hope he freaking shocks everyone. I hope he shocks the world and actually follows through on some of the shit that he said and becomes a really good president. That's my hope. So here's my hope is the same as yours. In, in regards of, I hope that he sticks by to, or at least tries to do what he thinks he's going to do. Will I think it happened? Probably not. Not At least not to the extent that he wanted to be. Because every person that faces the, you know, I had this vision, and then it gets either thwarted or, or I have to take 60% of the vision or 65 or 70% of the vision and not be total 100%. I 
I'll tell you what. I'll take a percentage because people aren't giving him a fighting chance in hell. I will take 5% if he follows through on 5% of the shit that he talked about. That's fine. As long as he well, makes positive he progress. A lot. So, 5% of what he talked about, at least, at least there will be, uh, at least it'll be more than a lot of people's 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't know what's going to happen, but re- regardless, it's an historic day on Friday. And I can't say that I'll be watching intently or anything like that, but I will be paying attention. I just I hope they don't forget I hope they don't forget assassinate him. <laughs> uh, it's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting day, and then it's going to be an interesting that's going to be the biggest thing for to see the state of the country in three months, and then we'll know what we're getting into. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. I mean, you can already see that he's a different person. He's not as loud and boisterous as he was before. He's kind of stayed out of the limelight for the most part. He's, you know, put some stuff out there on Facebook and Twitter and in the news. But for the most part, he's been very quiet. So maybe he's actually understanding what it takes to do the job that he did or that he's going to do. And, you know, hopefully that he remembers the people that he stepped on to get there. So, I don't know. But it's history regardless. All right, so to end on a happy note. Um, so, we got the wedding on May 20th. Excited for that. Got, uh, got a lot of birthdays coming up. So, anything that you have, like, on the personal side, any gigs or anything like that? Because I know you got band and you're doing stuff like that? Well, with the band, um, you know, most of our gigs are, you know, over in Jersey, up the mountains here and there, but we are coming back local. February 25th, we're playing at Parks Casino, and I'm supposed to have a lot of family and friends coming out. My parents actually said that they might make an appearance. So, oh, wow. if that's the case, that'll be, they've seen me one time play with the band. One time, and that was a couple years ago. They've never actually seen me perform the way that we would at parks, because when they came to see us, it was at an empty bar. So it wasn't like they got to see the whole, you know, grand finale thing that we do. They just got to see us sing. So I think that's going to be fun. I hope that they, they are able to come out. And maybe they'll take a nap because they're they're old. So they might take a nap before they come out to see me. But that's, that's what I'm looking forward to in the coming weeks. February 25th? February 25th. Yeah, we might be able to um, take a special edition podcast in there. Either, uh, band cool. Band out there and everything like that. Cool. You know, Even better, man. I'll look that up. Is that a Saturday or, or a Friday? That is a Saturday. Alright. Well, maybe, Par- maybe I'll have something come out. And Parks is always a good time. I'm not the I'm not the best promoter in the world. All I can say is the parks is a good time. Come out and see a good band. You know, enjoy the atmosphere. Have a couple of drinks. Maybe win a couple of bucks. Maybe lose a couple of bucks. I don't know. But all I know is that whenever we play, we get really good reviews. So come out, check us out. 
give us some love. Set up and pin give down. us some hate. I don't care. What? What's, what's that? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. on Street Road. All right. But, yeah, other well, other go. than that, so you'll park, you know, I have... You know that you got the plug for the day. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, right, you know, it's... Just gigging, and you know my birthday's in April, so I'll I'll wait to talk about that. But yeah, that's that's really it, man. Just hoping to get the good the, the year off on the right foot, get the business going, and get the band going, and get this podcast going. Yeah, we got a, we got a couple things in the works, and we're trying to get uh, you know to to do some venues, and you know you'll be hearing us, you'll be seeing us, you, you know, and with all this sports talk, I'm trying to. You know, work a couple angles where we can get onto a couple sports radios. So you might hear us sooner than later. Even better. And don't forget, everybody, you can go reach us Facebook, Twitter. You know, you can message us directly. My name on Facebook is JC Leahy, L E A H Y. Chris is Christopher Bristow. You know, you can find him. You know, tell us what you think. Tell us there's stuff that you'd like to hear about. Tell us if there's stuff that you think you. Is stupid and you don't want us to talk about it anymore. You know, hit us up. We love feedback. Oh, and we also love we also love like if you want like portions of the of the podcast segmented. If you just want to hear the sports, if you just want to hear the wrestling, the pop culture. Let us know. We, we can I can do pretty much anything on the computer to, to segment uh, segment it out. So you, you know you get you get the meat and the bones of what you want. You know we we'll try to take care of everybody for you. That's the beauty of having an IT guy. Good night, ladies. Good night, ladies. Ooh, before we go, so I have it on record. I need you to make me one of those video game things that you shared on Facebook. I Um, need that in my life. That that Nintendo cartridge? Yes, that had every game system on there, just through the microchips, like... I didn't necessarily make it. I shared it, but it's not entirely hard to make. It, you take the the inside of a device called a Raspberry Pi, and you load up all the games and the and the interface to it, and it, they're downloadable. Everything's downloadable as far as the interface. And if you own the ROMs, I can just load them up for you. So it's really not that hard. I just need the equipment to do it. Okay, so do it. Okay. Huh. Get if you're saying it's a okay, <laughs> I'll get you one tomorrow, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't waste a good Techno Super Bowl, please. No, 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 wait. I wouldn't do that. I'll, I'll give you like Paperboy or something. Oh, man. <laughs> no, 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 serious. No, it doesn't. It's like you can you can buy a Raspberry Pi. Um, they're about they're about two hundred bucks. They come HDMI ready. Throw in a USB uh, controller in there, and you can have any game that you want. Pretty I cool. like Raspberry Pi, Boysenberry Pi, Pumpkin Pie. I like Pi. I, not P-I-E. Do you like Pi? <laughs> How about Strudel? You want some of the Rock Strudel? <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. That that that's it for this rendition of uh, for Jengers and Wall Hangers. I am Chris Bristow. I'm Jim Leahy. All right, everybody, be safe. Have a good night. Peace. And see.
<laughs> All right, brother. I will. I'm gonna flip over to my computer here and um, just verify everything came down properly. And I will give you a text message, yeah or nay, um, and then see if there's any audio that I have to clean up. All right, man. Sounds like a plan. All right, brother. I'll see you at work tomorrow. All right. Have a good night. You too. Later. Later. That was just a that was a shared moment between you and me. Oh, I I didn't chuckle. I didn't chuckle, my friend. I flat out laughed at the top of my lungs. <laughs> that was that was more of a chortle or a guffaw.